Hi, uh, good afternoon and welcome to your steaming hot Thursday daily wrap. Um, what can I say? Uh, we are we are smoking here, I think probably literally. And my guest today is Chris Hutting, who has to deal with me as the host because our beloved host leader is attending a wedding apparently. So let's uh, let's get right to it. And the first item is really literally hot off the press. And it is essentially that the um, Monetary Policy Committee, the Reserve Bank, has, has decided to this Thursday to keep the repo rate steady at 8.25%, but warns of risks ahead. Chris, what does that mean for us? It is very good news just for those of us who tend to have more uh, credit repayments that we need to deal with. So those repayments are staying the same for the time being. That being said, the uh, the governor did strike quite a hawkish tone, warning of the risks still posed by load shedding, especially um, those things that drive up the cost of doing business. Those remain uh, par for the course. No real solutions in terms of, of those regards. And then also adding... Uh, just from my side, the issue in terms of our logistics. So we've seen this past week the issues that the ports really come to a head. Over, over 70,000 containers stuck outside Durban port, at Cape Town port, lots of issues, Richards Bay. That means the cost of doing business in the country is higher. Um, if, for example, we see more intense conflict in the Middle East between Israel and Hamas, that means increased uh, oil prices internationally, which means higher fuel prices for South Africa. So Good, to obviously, to see in terms of the short term that the Reserve Bank is keeping rates unchanged. I don't think a cut would come, not not just yet. And also based on the latest inflation numbers that came out earlier this week, it was the third consecutive month of increase. But that is largely because of fuel price increases over the last two to three months. As we see those cuts coming in now, there's a bit of a lag effect with inflation and 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 prices, consumer prices. So hopefully, we'll see a cut maybe early next year. But for the time being, this is the best that we we could have hoped for. Okay. Uh, uh, it strikes me. I mean, I heard from people. I've heard from people complaining about the load shedding schedule, for example, in in Joburg, and that it, unlike with the previous schedules from ESCOM, they've become more erratic and unreliable as to when the load shedding would occur, and presumably that would then just add further to the to the to the pressures being put on the economy from a load shedding point of view, because businesses can predict less when they will be on and offline, so to speak. Um, it may not be significant, but uh, surely it, it all adds to the pressures on us both as, as businesses and consumers. Yeah, it's sort of death by a thousand cuts. So that element of, of uncertainty, how do you factor in your daily operations? How much do you need to prepare for? How, how much do you need in terms of fuel supply for your generators? Those of us who are able to, those businesses that have been able to, to go off-grid with solar, for example, they're a bit more protected even from those things. But that doesn't mean you're protected completely from the up and down of City Power and ESCOM. And given the many breakdowns that City Power is dealing with and has throughout this year, you know, substations breaking down, lack of equipment, all of it feeds into pressures on businesses and Partly, I think, adds to pressure to let people go. You have to cut costs somewhere if you if your operations day to day are are ever increasing. Unfortunately, some cuts are going to come at some point. Mm -hmm. well, in a way, it sort of leads on to our next topic, which is that the uh, state-owned petroleum, oil, and gas corporation uh, wants to partner with Russia's uh, Gazprom bank to restart the gas to liquids refinery in. Mossel Bay, a uh, said refinery was 
is, was built during the bad old days. And essentially, PetroSA advertised a tender looking for a partner to invest at least $3.7 billion to refurbish the, the refinery. And while 20 companies submitted the bids, the unusually strict technical criteria meant that 19 of those were eliminated, leaving Gazprom Bank's local subsidiary, GP, GPB Africa and Middle East, as the only qualifying bid. So th that in itself leads to a whole lot of speculation as to how they uh, how they got the bid. But isn't there, shouldn't we be somewhat discomforted by going into business with the Russian or the Russian oil company um, and and private bank um, at this stage, even though it, it has been fairly immune to um, sanctions against Russia because of the Ukraine war, um, you know, it, it, it's certainly not going, it, it certainly may in the medium term have detrimental effects to our relationships in the West. Or am I likely not to? Not, not yeah, to I think the... The main issue is secondary sanctions. And here, yeah. if you do business with a company based in Russia, not, not just based there, but closely affiliated with the government, a government-owned entity, the parent company in this case, for example, when you expose yourself to those sanctions, secondary sanctions that the Reserve Bank highlighted earlier this year when, when there were issues around South Africa's stance on the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the allegations into arms and munitions loaded onto the Lady R, the commission in, of inquiry into that and you can have your own you know sort of quibbles and and serious concerns with that particular inquiry and report it seemed like south africa had done relatively well and then again we increase our own risk premium by doing exposing ourselves to this kind of thing so worst case scenario with secondary sanctions if if they should be imposed if if we do business now with this gazprom subsidiary uh, you find yourself cut off from SWIFT, the international uh, system of payments. Um, you get your risk premium increased. You get cut off from um, global markets, capital markets, in a context where South Africa's infrastructure spend is already lagging far behind our emerging market peers. We need all the capital we can get. That just, again, increases that, that premium that both local and foreign investors demand to invest in South Africa. And lastly, it'll increase the risk or the premium on South African government bonds, which are really the government is finding very difficult to sell, to raise revenue, to uh, help uh, feed the fiscus as it were. You just continue to add this onto your plate. And as I mentioned earlier this week in a few interviews on other topics, we are, we're really doing very well to refine our, our ability to score the own goal. We're doing very well in that regard. Yeah, I, I, I can just see the cartoon as you speak, you know, of, the own goals are just literally pouring in, so to speak, if I'm not mixing my metaphors. Uh, and uh, Gazprom, it's extraordinary how it manages to sort of straddle being a, a state entity in an autocratic state and a private bank at the same time. But, you know, the Russians can produce wonders. But again, it, it sort of leads on to, the, on to our, our, our final story for, for the day, and that is the fact that um, while foreign policy and foreign politics should not play a role, in particularly in local politics and in local government politics, we see that, you know, in the current climate, it, uh, any, anything is possible. And the, it, it's possible in the sense in that 
The ANC and the, e and the EFF have demanded, no less, that the Patriotic Alliance, which it is in coalition with in a number of metros, must change its stance on its pro-Israel stance on the, regarding the war between Israel and Gaza in order to maintain its coalition with the ANC. Um, and Gaten McKenzie, and, you know, I guess you've got to take, if, if, you, if you support Israel, you take your friends where you get them, told them that, uh, shall we say, his principles will not change in that respect. He is not going to change his position towards Israel. Now, of course, this means that we could literally see ANC-EFF-PA coalitions losing, possibly losing power. I mean, who to thank? When we when we thought things for next year couldn't get potentially more complicated. Uh, we add yet another wrinkle to that. So factoring this into possible coalition constellations next year, the CRA recently finished our latest round of polling. So we need to factor this particular issue into what we're trying to sketch now with the various scenarios. Um, and I think it is, it is interesting to think about the potential impact of foreign policy on local politics. It isn't something that South Africans have been necessarily used to or had to deal with. Um, and it might still not be a particularly animating issue um, in terms of the big issue that parties will campaign on, for example. But if a party like the PA sticks to their principles, whether one agrees with them or not, if they're consistent in that regard, it makes it a bit more, uh, you know, you raise questions about who they will work with or, or not in terms of coalitions. And the PA could be very important, especially in the province like Gauteng. They continue to be in the Joburg Metro uh, municipality and the Joburg City Council. Uh, the biggest and most developed provincial economy in South Africa, so the most important. So one cannot discount, even though they're very small compared to the DA, ANC, and EFF, the role that they could play and, and what Gate and McKenzie might be angling for, playing for over the long term here. It's not, I don't think it's just a case of focus on 2024. It could be longer into 2029 as well. I think, I think it, also, it reflects the difference between national government policy, which is a ANC tripartite alliance, um, and what the zeitgeist might actually be out there amongst the voters. Uh, it, it, I think this is an issue where, A, it won't, although we're not going to local government elections next year, um, it, 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 it's really not where South Africans are concerned. They want jobs, they want prices to come down, they want to be able to fill their petrol in their cars. So surely, I mean, you know, this is this is extraordinary. I, mean, I, I can't think of another way to describe it. So, um, South Africa, you know, is a place to watch the impossible happen uh, or not happen, or maybe it will happen. And I'm sure by tomorrow, uh, the Daily Friends Show will have a whole new lot of impossibilities to, to consider, the unknown unknowns, as we shall say. And uh, look forward to a live... 30 Minutes Daily Friends Show tomorrow. Thanks very much for being with us.